Welcome to Eyes in the Dark, a podcast about horror movies on the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. We have a simple motto, <laughs> and that threw me off. That scary breathing. Where did that come from? I don't know. I think it's. I think we have multiple guests from? in here tonight. No, we have a visitor. Um, we have a simple motto, and that motto is "Death by Celluloid." As I mentioned before, we are part of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. And as such, I'd like to give you a few pieces of business as to how you can reach us, the unholy trinity. Um, Before I do that, let's introduce ourselves real quick. We're just going to kind of say our names. So you have me, Chewy. Me, Evan. And that's it. James isn't here tonight. He is not here, unfortunately. So uh, the podcast must go on. He is not with us anymore. He is not with us anymore for now, for like this episode. Um but the podcast must go on. So a couple of pieces of business as to how you can get in touch with us. You can always reach us um, via Twitter by going to at EITD pod. You can reach out to us via email by typing into your computer, your mobile device, your phone, whatever it is that you use to send your emails. You can type in eyes in the dark podcast at gmail.com. And you can always visit the website, eyesinthedarkpodcast.com, and find us on the network website, stuffandthingsnetwork.com. Now that we've done that, I'd like to take a minute to introduce you guys to us. But before I do that, we've got to introduce you to someone else. There is someone else here to fill the, the darkness, the void that was left with James not being here tonight. Some of you may know him. Some of you may not. Some of you may love him. Some of you definitely don't. Some of you may regret knowing who he is. That's true. And learning who he is tonight. That's true. So without further ado, our very special visitor in this dark hellhole we call home, <laughs> a.k.a. his room, Ian. Hey, Welcome everybody. to the show. Oh, I, I feel like I should be more. I'm too excited. Hello. Darkness Welcome is all around to me. Darkness. It's, Welcome know, to Darkness. Welcome to Darkness, darkness. Podcast. Yes, this is my first time on uh, guesting on a show. Normally, I host shows. This is a, this is interesting for me. Oh, it's a different experience. Oh, big shot. Big city. I'm a big fucking shot. Big all city. Over your, and your, your your face, neck, and chest. Big. Oh, nice. Steal, stealing Kevin Smith's I words. Am, I am. This is a family. That's a great joke, Carlos Menstelia. That's me, Carlos Menstelia. Also, the name of Evan's garbage man. Funnily enough, you're racist. <laughs> What? Finally, I'm not the only racist Jared. one on the show. <laughs> his name is Jared Menstelia. Yeah. He, t- <laughs> he told me his name was Carlos. That's impossible. <laughs> Evan hasn't been able to speak for 25 years. Exactly. <laughs> Jared lost his vocal cords. Jared? <laughs> yeah, I told you. Oh, Aren't I was, you listening? I said that Evan told me his name was... Never mind. Hi, everybody. Thank you for, for letting me guest on the show. I, I'm going to leave now. Goodbye. That's the worst. Anyway, so... Thinks he's just waltzing here and I didn't watch the movie... Yeah. I've seen these movies. He's Shut dancing, your mouth. dancing Shut man your mouth, with a waltz. I have some interesting facts about them, but 
Oh, you looked up on the internet mm-hmm. right away, right now. Mm-hmm. In any case. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome to this very dysfunctional episode of Eyes <laughs> in the Dark. So We all bef- hate each other. <laughs> so much. It's like the Beatles. Which one are you? I don't know. I'm Yoko. <laughs> she was the best Beatle. <laughs> That's right, internet. Come at me. Or anyway. on him. Okay, yeah. well. <laughs> In any case, um, let's kind of, what we usually do, Ian, is yeah. because you don't listen to our show, apparently. I do, I just the, don't. No, I, you said you don't know the format. I, I, I've listened to a few episodes, but I, I honestly have a lot of podcasts that I have to keep up with. Oh, and so we're just casually thrown to the back. It's a simple format. I don't listen to the podcast I'm on, for the most part. Yeah, neither does he, so it's all right. I listen to all our podcasts, so. That's great. Well, better than you. All right. That's true. <laughs> Okay. Evan is better than us. Is this like a is this like an intervention? Did you just come here to make have me on to make fun of me? Is that what yeah. this is? Okay. Yes. All right. I've been, is. Have I been no, hazed? not make fun of you. Have I have I been hazed sufficiently? No. All right. Never. <laughs> there's never there's never sufficient amounts. Okay. Uh, what we like to do is we like to kind of go around the horn first and just kind of talk a little bit, uh, introduce ourselves to people who are just tuning in. And tell them how we got into uh, horror movies and also how they can reach us via the interwebs. It will start with me uh, because I am currently talking. So my name is Chewy. As I mentioned before, I am one third of the unholy trinity that uh, is this show. And I mainly got into horror movies uh, a little bit after high school through... uh, Through like foreign horror movies and the zombie movie. So back in the day... Netflix, when you would order the DVDs and all that shit, um, I'd get all those weird foreign, like, uh, like Korean horror movies and Japanese horror movies, and then into zombie flicks, and from there, uh, yeah, there we go. You can reach out to me on Twitter, uh, at Chupacabra, C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. All right, on to me, the idiot of the show. Uh, my name's Evan. <laughs> You can reach uh, reach me on Twitter at, at Evan the Braun. Um, I got into horror movies uh, pretty much because I come from a good Christian household, and I just had a black mass inside of me, <laughs> just throbbing to get out and a throbbing darkness. And I just I had to unleash the beast. That's true. And uh, yeah, actually, it's like my parents suck and let me watch whatever the hell I want. The end. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How did they get in oh. touch with you, Evan? Right. I already said that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, yes. I wasn't listening. I'm good. Okay, cool. Hello, everybody. <laughs> My name is Ian. Uh, I'm I'm a special guest part of the Unholy Trinity. Um, Where might people know you from? Uh, people might know me from some of the other podcasts in the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Um, I'm on uh, the original Stuff and Things Podcast, uh, Four Color Commentary, and Super Action Bros. What I lovingly refer to as the sister podcast to this podcast. Yeah. Well, I give you, we give you guys shout-outs all the time, and I'm sure... I don't know if we get mentioned. Probably not. You give me that if look. If you listen, you yeah, know. you'd know. Do you really? You guys shout us out? Yeah, yeah. listen to them all the time. We do. Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Super Action Bros. If you like, if you like things that are a little bit less blue language, but we we look at action movies that are uh, are kind of crappy usually. Uh, I'll just say it here because I say it's shitty action movie. Yeah, but we you treat can cuss on this. But we treat them podcast. like they they are high art. Uh, check out uh, Super Action Bros. Um, uh, other than that, let you me can ask you a question to, real quick. Yeah. Did, did you come on our podcast just to promote your other podcast? You asked me to be here. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't ask to you to promote here. your other podcast. For shame, shame, <laughs> shame. You know what? I'm not gonna fucking deal with this guy, Chewy. It's time to choose. Here's a revolver with one bullet. 
<laughs> choose where it goes. He shoots himself. <laughs> oh, I couldn't <laughs> bastard between my friends. I could never choose between my friends. Um, I would kill you. I'd line you up and shoot you both. <laughs> you could reach out to me if you'd like at uh, at i rich. That's at i r i t c h on Twitter. Um, and how I got into horror movies, I first started watching, getting serious about horror movies and liking them actually from a younger age. Not quite as young as Evan over here, but when I decided that I was too cool for trick or treating, my dad would rent me horror movies. Um, that's where I watched things like Halloween. And even the the shitty classic, but great for what it is, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I've never seen that movie yet. Oh, it's so bad. It's good. Um, it's on our list. We should when when you guys do. I'd like to come back, even if it's four, even if I have to be the unholy quadrant of. You could be like the. I just like, be shouting things in the background. If we're, if we're like the heads of Cerberus. Uh-huh. You're like the aborted like brother <laughs> head that never made it. Yeah. Like you're just yes. an eye and a lip. Yes, but <laughs> I, I really to give to give a little bit more backstory. I really like horror movies that don't necessarily explain what's going on. Like shit that's just really cerebral and fucked up. Like honestly, even though a lot of you might laugh at me, up. like shit like even though it's not really technically horror movies, like David Lynch shit for the most part fucks me up because it's just weird visual cerebral imagery that fucks with my head. And I would argue the movie we watched tonight has some of that in there. The movies you guys we will the movies we watch well you guys watched and asked me to talk about with you. <laughs> yes. Oh, the movie that. Oh, okay. I thought you meant. I thought you said Insidious the, and Insidious Two. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I thought he was saying a movie entitled "Watch the Night" or "Watch Tonight." <laughs> I was like, uh, "What movie is that?" Well, something <laughs> that movie. It, let's make a movie called "Watch Tonight." Watch Tonight. It's well, I thought a, you said "Watch a, and the Night." It's really uh, okay. Watch the night. Um, so it's just a picture of a watch on a on a bedside table with the moon in the background. It just slowly moves, and you're like, "Oh shit, something's gonna happen," and nothing ever happens. Or does it. Speaking of watch tonight, but there's a murder in the background, a silent murder. McDonald's character, Mac the Night. Yeah, because my my parents told me when I came out, my head hadn't fully formed. It was all pokey at the top, and they said I look like Mac tonight. <laughs> so he is the the deformed head of Cerberus. Uh, I am. Yes. I am. Speaking of, did you see in the news uh, oh. the, recently? I was on Reddit. I know there was a uh, they they said it was a mutant calf that oh, was born. Really? It was Damn. basically. <laughs> It's really mean, but it looked, it was funny. Look, <laughs> okay. I'll its eyes were all bugged out yeah. and it didn't have like a jaw. So its mouth was like up by its, like where its nose is, like where it opened. Yeah. And then its nose nostrils, uh-huh. its nostrils were down underneath its chin. Shit. It was messed up. I'll have to check but it, it out. It was cute. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah. See, that's, that's the beautiful thing. All the stuff that's kill in, in life that's <laughs> super messed up. We, we find like, oh, that's beautiful. Look at it. They had to kill it because oh, it couldn't live properly. <laughs> but I mean, we like keep pugs around. Hey. I'm hey, just, no, I'm it. saying pugs can't like, you know, they're not like built in bulldogs. Like they're not built to like survive, but we keep them alive. No, we made we them. We're horrible monsters. We made them for our pleasure. Well, we yeah. Want, let's make a fucked up looking exactly. dog. And we could have kept that cow, but we didn't. No. We uh, didn't. Not if it had trouble living. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Out of the movie. <laughs> Out of the movie. Well, something the that movies. James usually does. Do you want to take a stab at it? Do you want to be co-James today? I can oh, try. Oh, I, I can try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like talk about what what we do here. What what do we do here? Why, why are we doing this horror movie? We know we all love it, but fuck yeah. it. There's other people out there that love yeah. horror movies. So why lot, do we do this? A lot of people say they love horror movies. I mean, obviously, we do. Um, our point here isn't just to review movies or to poke fun at or say what's wrong or good about them, but we're trying to essentially 
talk about how movies like horror movies can still be considered great, you know, cinematic adventures. Yeah. So uh, I know James a lot of times says, you know, you know, uh, nominated for an Academy Award and things like that. Yeah. Um, not to say that like they have to, but just that they're in kind of like that that genre of yeah. you know up for it, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. So, I'm terrible at this, <laughs> obviously. Some of the movies but. we do are not that great, and some of them are we think pretty awesome. So really, what it is is we aim to figure out, you know, are are horror movies more than just a quick cash grab? Is there something deeper there, and are there movies that illustrate the point that there are a form of valid art versus are you know are they just trashy films and. Some cases that turns out to be the case, and some uh, it turns out to be the other. But we like to are they just popcorn fodder? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> J- James always likes to say, you know, could we find a horror movie that was worthy of an Oscar nomination? Yeah, I can think you know, of a couple that's, of them. <laughs> that's what we kind of aim to do, and or we, even just an or even an Oscar winner. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You know, yeah, it's gotta we, be we just one like at this to, point discuss it and all that stuff you know it's one thing to talk about it and there's one thing to really have a discussion about it so on to the movie itself so we actually treated you guys to a double feature we did uh insidious and insidious 2 as a result of just kind of uh, the recent release of insidious chapter 3 so we figured we might as well do the first two being that we've had that on our list for a little while and uh it's somewhat relevant so Let's go ahead and jump in at first a little bit of info about the movie itself. So Insidious 2010, uh, directed by James Wan, written by Lee Wannell. Wannell. I don't know how to say that wacky last name. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Wannell. And I, I like to think the reason why I'm here for this is I think if I remember correctly, maybe not with Chewie, but with Evan, I think this might have been the f- first horror movie you and I ever watched together. Because I remember watching it first at your house. Yeah, it was yeah, after Street Fair, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think yeah, that would have been the first drunk. horror movie you and I have ever watched together in the same room. Maybe. Yeah, we watched it all snuggled up on my couch. Yeah. In the this dark. Shirts off. This was... Dicks um, out. Lotioned up. Part, part of the reason, too, <laughs> we chose for, to for horror. <laughs> Ian here, other than James not being able to be here, was we did all recently go see Insidious 3. Yes, we did. I was so, there. So, you know, that was kind of the three of us, and we're like, this is kind of a cool way to incorporate that sort of stuff. Um, so, with that, Insidious 2, or Chapter 2, as they like to call it, would have come out a few years after that, um, starting most of the same cast. You have Patrick Wilson. Um, as you know, you're like your leading man there. Um, we also saw, I think, the reintroduction of a familiar face in the second one. Didn't we see that foxy lady from House of the Devil? Wasn't she the mom, the young version of the mom? You remember the girl from the House of the uh, House of is the Devil? Is that her? I'm pretty sure it is because I remember Holy seeing crap. her being like, "Oh, the fox is back." Yeah, the first of all, the casting of the younger versions of the yes, people. Yes, it is her, John Jocelyn Donahue. Yeah, oh Jocelyn. The casting of the even younger people. Na- even her name is Foxy. <laughs> For real. Anyway, continue. No, her name sounds bitchy, but like you. No, not no, no. I hate girls named Jocelyn. Her name oh. sounds bitchy, but it's like you want to fuck the bitch. <laughs> Or just or out of her. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I was saying before. I was going to finish with you fuck the bitch out of her. The exercise demon the demons her. with your with your <laughs> bitch Shiva with. Your, 
With your penile crucifix, if you yes, will. Yes, that's true. Your, your coxifix, if you will. Or yes. crucicock, whatever you prefer. Crucifix. Sacrilegious. Sacrilegious. The casting of young mom and young Elise in this movie, yeah. so good. Right? Like, they look almost just like them. Exactly. Now, the one thing, though, with young Elise mm-hmm. is, did they voice over yeah, Elise's did. voice on her? Yeah, they were, I was reading about it because I wanted to see if it was, if it really was, and they said like in the UK release, I guess uh, they didn't dub over it. Yeah, and so that's the only reason I know that they did for ours. Yeah, but it makes sense that they did that. Though. It wasn't too terrible. It wasn't like awkward sounding. It or anything, wasn't but. the worst, but I kind of I'm like, well, people's voices change over the time. Right, you know, right. you could have just gave her that voice. Yeah, or if you were gonna have um, what is her name? I'm I'm sorry, I forget her name. Uh, Elise. In real life, uh, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Uh, uh, yeah, normally Lynn James Shea. is Lynn Shay. Lynn Shay. You may know her from There's Something About Mary. That's probably one of her most. Yeah. Wasn't she also in Detroit Rock City? Uh, Didn't she play the mom? Wait, no. Wasn't she, she also in Kingpin? She was also in Kingpin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why when I saw the first one, I was like, I don't know if I can yeah. buy this. <laughs> oh, I thought that's. That was her. Um, let me see. I'm yes, see it is her. Detroit Rock, Rock City. I thought she was. I thought she oh, played yeah, the. Detroit I thought she Rock played City. the the bitchy mom. She might have, but she was in Detroit Rock City as one of the the the, the bad. Well, she people. is born was born in Detroit. Oh, she is. Uh, yeah, she was in Detroit, Detroit Rock City. You are correct, Adam Evan. God damn it! You don't even know my name. Get out! I don't know. <laughs> What's the show? I don't know. Something. Oh, this yeah. is adorable. You guys should see this picture. The show's called. This is before Insidious. <laughs> this is this is recently before say, Insidious. Guys too, in but the this dark. was taken on the red carpet. <laughs> Oh, look at that. Look, she's, so, she's, so hugging. she's hugging the Black Bride. <laughs> oh, she's hugging Parker Case. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Stop oh, looking okay. at it. He's looking at it. He's, he's getting entranced. Get oh, no. He's becoming possessed. Stop. Give me my computer back, <laughs> asshole. I was just clicking on a different picture. No, you weren't. I'm not going to look through your pornography. He doesn't, he doesn't like people touching yeah. his things. I don't see? like people touching my things. <laughs> No, I'm fine with people touching my face. Where's the show it? gone? I don't know. Downhill. <laughs> In any case, um, this is the shark jump. I'm Fonzie, and I'm jumping over the shark. Yeah, you're the ramp. I'm the. <laughs> you're the ramp. You're you're the one that's putting us over the fucking shark. <laughs> um, so I didn't even get to be the shark. I'm no. the ramp. Yeah, you're the ramp. Oh, fuck me. You're the ramp. The shark is the movie. We're Fonzie. Because Fonzie <laughs> could not be one person. He's got to be a collection of people. Mm. Um, in any mm. case, let's talk about this movie a mm. little bit here. So there was a lot because we talked about two movies, and I think each movie in and of themselves has like a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, we have done Ty West movies before. We we did House of the Devil. No, wait. No, that was... No, I'm sorry. Ty West did House of the Devil. James Wan, yeah. the director of this movie, did The Conjuring. Conjuring. And also did the first Saw, which we have yes. not talked about. With the, the same guy who wrote this movie. With the same guy yeah. who wrote this oh, movie. Oh, he did Dead Silence, yeah. too? I've never seen that movie. Furious 7. Yeah, he did do Fast Furious He did Furious 7, I, uh, and he is slated to do uh, Aquaman. Yeah, I just saw that. Oh, oh really? Shit, yeah. yeah. Shit. Making, I, that, uh, making that DC Comics money. Yeah, I, uh... Money. I saw that he did Dead Silence after Insidious came out and I saw it and I was really into Insidious. I saw he did that movie and I got kind of bummed out at first. Then I added it to my Netflix queue because yeah. I'm kind of interested now. Did All you right. watch it? Not yet. Not yet? All right. No. Well, I'm scared of dolls. So, oh. um, 
It's a big. Ian, what are you scared of? We've kind of talked a little bit about dying this alone. <laughs> yeah. Who isn't? Truthfully, if you had to ask me like, what my favorite, my aside, like aside, dying my alone, favorite fear. my favorite fear. <laughs> <laughs> These are a few of my, my favorite fears. No songs. There this are is clowns not, this is and there are dolls <laughs> and dying alone. All right, question. Here's here's the question that I'm posing. Yes. Aside from dying, okay, uh, or your method of dying, just in terms of a thing or a concept. That is I guess the concept here. of like something like this, like a ghost or something I can't see is pretty mm-hmm. frightening. Like the idea of like I might be laying in bed and I sleep naked, everybody, mm-hmm. ladies. Um, and like and the idea of like what if someone like is here and they can see me and they're watching me and just like I can't. If like the were. idea of like voyeurism, like not necessarily by like a, a, a axe murdering killer because I'm just like, oh, there's a dude and he'd probably make a sound. But if it's just like a ghost, like I can't see it. I can't yeah. prove it, but I know just it's there. tons of gum everywhere. Like I was terrified. <laughs> so I, I'll be honest. Gum. I was terrified of like dark corners as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like the idea, not necessarily the dark, but like a dark corner. Like cause that's like where you couldn't see something if it was there. Yeah. So this movie does a lot with dark corners. It yeah. does. So this movie, I'll be honest with you. This movie, when I first saw it, 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 it I, I was able to sleep that night, but it did fucking rub me the wrong way. It creeped me out <laughs> sufficiently. I thought it was really good because of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, the, like, I don't even know where to start with this right here. I mean, I guess just kind of a general, like, summary of it. Ba- basically, these family moves into a new place, and some shit starts happening. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a shit ton of notes here, and it's not that I'm going to talk about every single thing. Good Christ. But I just kind of jot down shit that, you know, it's kind of yeah. interesting to me. Um, if we always seem to start with this, so why not fucking start with this? God damn, the music. Oh, yeah, the music oh. is. The score. Like, the, the, this I, movie shocked the shit out of me when I first saw it when the title comes up. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah. That's like one of my, the, my favorite title card moments is that. Because um, it reminds me of, yeah, which they, 30, 33 violinists. Yeah, I just were, read that. 33 used. violins. Um, that freaked me out, yeah. and it looked rad, and yeah. it looked it looked very old. Yeah. And same with and that's why when they did that with The Conjuring, too, mm-hmm. I was like, I had a huge boner for it, because it, it reminded me of the same it, thing. They did it differently it was, with um, House of the Devil. Oh, you yeah. know, Ty West did his own spin on that, and also the one that we saw the Lost episode, the Innkeepers, um, kind of did oh. something like that. You the know, Lost episode. yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I remember watching that for the first time at your house and being like, "Oh, we're in for some shit now." Yeah. <laughs> like, well, the, the way that it opens too, it doesn't just open with the title and mm-hmm. moves into it. You see, kind of just what turns out to be Dalton just sleeping, you know, and then no. the camera. Oh, no, no, that's the dad in the very beginning. That's Josh when he was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So there's show that's like that's like the backstory kind of so summed up in that. That's what's kind of cool. Then I didn't see. I didn't know that. So what you see is you see a kid sleeping, yeah. and then you see kind of like a slow camera pan, and then behind him, and then you see this this face, this woman, this thing kind of oh, like pop that. up on the screen, and then she's just smiling. She's smiling, and then fade to black, and then, you know, the title comes up, and the 33 violins and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it kind of is like, what the fuck just happened? And that's pretty awesome that they do that. It's like kind of a little backstory, but they yeah. won't tell you 
this is Josh. This is who will be the dad. Patrick right. Wilson plays Josh. Yeah. You know, they, that'd be weird. I've never seen a movie that does that. <laughs> I'm, that's what my horror movie is. That that's what my horror movie is. This is Josh. This <laughs> is Tom Hardy. He is Mad Max. Mel Gibson was Mad Max before, but not this time. But now he is, is Mad Tom Max. Hardy. Mel Gibson was Matter Max. <laughs> Matter Max. He was before Mad Max from before, but this is now. <laughs> but this is more now. But they're the same person. What? And anyway, movie car. <laughs> movie car. Um, that is the desert. It is hot. <laughs> are you this? What's I forget his name? But are you just that giant guy on Everybody Loves Raymond? <laughs> Brad Garrett. Is that his brother? Sure. The Horseman. <laughs> okay. he, looks like, he looks like a giant is that horse. His brother. Yeah. yeah. On the show. Right here, uh, Miss Ray, where's Ray? He's my brother. Yeah, that's that's the show right there. It's it's like listen. It's it's like he's here in the room with us right now. Are um, you sure there's not a Ouija board? We're conjuring his no, alive no. spirit. Uh, conjuring. <laughs> so, what did you guys think? What what are some things that kind of stood out to you that we kind of want to jump out on first? Uh, so much. In Insidious. Yeah. Hmm. And we're focusing just on the first movie right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, just in. in yeah, okay. Let's do that. Um, let's let's at least break it down into a couple more. I like uh, speaking. You're talking about the music. I like yeah. the pop music choices in this movie because it is. I never thought that song would ever creep me yeah, out. That's true. What becomes a fucking terrifying song, <laughs> which yeah. you know I've heard before, and you hear it in cartoons, and it's like I've oh, it's never fun. heard it before. I've, I've heard that heard song it. a lot. I, I if what we're talking about, by the way, is, is Tiny yeah. Tim, a song called "Tiptoe Through the Tulips." Yeah. Um, which you're like, if you ever heard that song before this, like, I, I, if you haven't seen Insidious, I challenge you to listen to that song and be like, oh, there's no way this is gonna frighten me. Yeah. And then listen, go to the movie and be like, oh, fuck. Ian, can you do us a favor? No. You <laughs> have gonna a beautiful it. voice. Can you just do? Can you lean away from the mic and and do it a little? <laughs> the voice. I used to play it on in the, in the old house we lived in. I used to play it really yeah. quietly on the ukulele, and my room was like a door yeah. away from Chewy, so I just play it really quietly. I learned how to play it. I played it at night. <laughs> and if, I wouldn't I sing it. it. I would just I would just play the the uh, just the, the music, and I would part. sing it really soft, like like they did in the trailer. Yeah, for the third one. But I did it first. And then the song wasn't in it. But I spoiler cast. Uh, well, maybe we'll see. But or, we'll see. I mean, like, or should we just talk about the third one here as well? No, maybe wait when it comes out, and you guys can do another episode. Yeah, okay. Yeah, don't, 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 don't mind it for true. content. All right. All um, right. but yeah, that, that talk about making that song fucking terrifying, and like, and such a weird musical choice. Yeah, like you could have literally done anything, and you chose that song by a giant, weird-looking, weird outlet looking guy who plays yeah. a tiny little ukulele. There's have three... you seen what Tiny Tim looks like? Yeah, he's frightening. Yeah. <laughs> He's frightening, but the song is like, oh, it's so sweet. What? It's almost, no, but he's like, I think the like, it's, almost, it's not just like he looks frightening. Like he acts weird. Yeah, like he, he like refers to his fan as deers. Hello, deers. Well, well, he always looks like he's on some sort of drug too. He is. Probably it's called is. Mice. Oh, it's joy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, no, he's but dead. Yeah, he is dead. Good. That's probably that's probably why the music was playing. He's he's in the further. <laughs> He's the little kid. rocking out. Yeah, he's that little kid. He's that little boy. What if? What if in one? Of, what? Oh my God! What if in one of these movies they just pick like a really tall, weird-looking guy and just had him playing it in uh, the further? Like, oh my God, Tiny Tim's in the further. This is of fucking course he dark would be. shit. But yeah, three three pieces of music they use here. They use the violin style score, mm -hmm. that, um, which isn't even really like a song or like anything like that. It's just oh, it's just, like these, it's just a it's mess. like a musical sting, <laughs> but yeah. it works so well. It, it's fantastic. And then you have you know. 
uh, Tiny Tim. Mm -hmm. And then you have the song that um, she writes for her husband, for Mm -hmm. Josh. Those are really the only pieces of music that you hear in the whole movie. And they're all they're all used for a purpose. You know, um, even like you could argue like the Tiny Tim thing was just because it was creepy. But if you think about it in the in the very beginning, you see the book that she puts on the shelf and it's like uh, like um, what is it? healing through music mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that kind of gives you a hint that there's something going on with her where she's not in a good place emotionally or like mentally. And I mean, if you listen to the song out of context of the movie, it's like you said, it's an upbeat song. It's like a little like happy tune and stuff like that. So you can see she's got her new house cause they moved to a, a, in this movie a second time trying to get away from shit. And then she's playing that while she's unpacking. All the windows are open. It's kind of like a new beginning. She's, well, she's not playing that song. Yeah, she is. She puts no, the record on. It's not that record, though. If if I because yeah, trust me, because I just rewatched it. So it's she's playing. It's playing some other song, uh-huh. and she walks outside to take the trash out, uh-huh. and you hear the record player go like like oh, it like it like somebody cha- like took the the needle off the record, uh-huh. and then that song starts, and then when she looks in the house and sees the little boy. And she goes to run in back inside the house. It goes yeah. and goes back to the record that was playing before. Oh shit! What was great? Speaking of the little boy, that's the other thing I was going to point out. Yeah. That I love about this movie. I love how it subtly builds tension. Yes, because there's and it's stuff shit that if you're not paying attention, you will miss it. Like she's walking through the house with all her stuff, and all of a sudden you see this. You see a little boy like from a different well, time period, but yeah. it's, it's it's facing the wall. The facing way, the wall. The way they do that, you wouldn't even notice it unless she, you were paying attention. She walks one way to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. You see the coat rack, and you see the coats hanging there. And then she walks back, and you see that same coat rack with the coats hanging there. And then you see the little boy. Like, I remember right the first time I said, it. "I was like, holy shit, you guys yeah. see that?" And you guys were like, "What?" And I went, yeah. "Turn back, turn back, check that and out." I was like, oh fuck! I remember the first time it's I saw that dude. Eerie. Fucking chills. It's eerie because yeah. it's not explained right yeah. away. It's not like bah. it's just no. It's just fucking there. Good horror movies build tension <sighs> and don't necessarily feel the need to jump out and scare you every five seconds to release. It's it. movies like this though that have trained me to in every horror movie that I watch now. Start looking for shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like in the backgrounds or in windows and things like that, and yeah, for me, this and the paranormal activity movies do that too. Yeah. Regardless mm-hmm. of some of the later ones, but the but like I'd be like, oh shit, look where at you're that. looking for something in the yeah. background, like a you're looking movie. for just something to move slightly or do something off, and you're like, oh fuck. Do you think though that 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 song was played because the little boy was from a certain time period? That's what was, eh, I wanted Tiny to Tim ask. was from like the seventies. I think they just picked yeah, it but it's I fucking, just mean like because the, the song evil. sounded like an old. Fashion song. Yeah, it's obviously something that some sort of demon listens to. <laughs> demon. It's, it's, he does listen to it. Remember you know, later everyone on always says. End? Everyone always says that heavy metal is demon music. No, it turns out it's Tiny Tim. Yeah. Pretty, pretty surprising. <laughs> Tiny Tim oh is God. the devil. I want a shirt that has Tiny Tim's face on it, but with like corpse paint, <laughs> and it just says in like metal font, "Tiptoe." <laughs> so fucking lame. That'd be so awesome, dude. Oh, that'd be the best. I want that. Um, Someone make that. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, that's what stands out. And also just the idea of like the, um, I don't know, like just, just that subtle little, like, those subtle little scares like that. Like this, just stuff that's like not meant to be just eerie. Yes. Yeah. This, oh. mo- this, this movie has for sure some of my favorite, like, 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 oh my God, I'm going to crap my pants yeah. moments. <laughs> like, like. I don't know how to explain it, but like they just stand out so much, even more so than The Conjuring, I would say. Yeah, yeah. but it's I, different. Than the Conjuring. I mean, in The Conjuring, 
I mean, that has some pretty good fucking moments. In it yeah, too. but like Insidious is different movie. because it's it's stuff like you don't expect something to be there. Yeah, and then like when you oh, see Darth Maul. Yeah. Like for the first, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like when you yeah. see his face, like, like, oh, oh my fuck. god, yeah, like, what? The no, I, I remember the chill that... of terror that went through my body when I watched. It. I was like, oh fuck! Like, <laughs> like you see it, but it's also like the music that's coupled yeah. with it, yeah, and the fact that he's like screaming well, and it's just like, oh, it's think, like sensory like, overload. I, I, like I know it's a horror movie, but if you were to pause right before and be like, okay, I'm just gonna tell you, something's gonna be behind there. Take a shot at what it is. I'm like, I don't know, maybe maybe the creepy lady from the beginning or the little boy. I would never guess, like, it's a fucking demon that looks like Darth Maul. Yeah. yeah. And Maul. it looks fucking evil. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Dude, um, something that I think, along with building tension that this movie does mm-hmm. really well, and we're still on the first one here, is, I don't know about you, but I find that in a lot of horror movies, what happens is you get introduced to the family, to the group, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they show you, you get familiar with their dynamic amongst themselves, but it's very rare when they make you feel something for that family, for that group of friends, or or for that character. Usually, they just kind of introduce you, they give you a feel for the dynamic, and then you're still kind of a fly on the wall watching it. With this movie, they spent a good like 20 minutes where you're just with the family, and arguably nothing scary happens. And it's not like, well, we have to get away to make a new start. And it's just normal family, completely normal. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is cool. Like, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this. Just completely normal moving experience. And what's awesome about that, too, is it, it you build not only their relationships, but you connect with them. So you care about the family. Mm-hmm. And then everything else that happens feels much more magnified because of it. And they start really early with everything that you see in in here, but so subtly. And the first one is the books. Mm-hmm. You know, she puts the books on the shelves. She walks around. She's cleaning other stuff. You spend a good two or three minutes with her doing other stuff. Uh, Josh comes into frame. They talk. They have their own thing. He leaves, and then she's walking back to do something else, and you see the books aren't there, and she's just like, oh, that's weird. Puts them back, walks away. Doesn't make a huge thing of it. And that's something that I think is really awesome because that's how that shit would start. I would feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anytime you hear people tell stories of that, it's usually not like, well, the books were in a different place and I knew something. No, it's just, you know, looking back, I put the pieces, you know, together. I connect the dots, you know, that's what I I thought was kind of interesting. But also with that, there were some times where I was really frustrated at how, little she cared about stuff mm-hmm. like the when the during the day when she hears somebody talking on the baby monitor and then she hears somebody like growl or whatever mm-hmm. and then she like nonchalantly brings it up to her husband when they're getting ready for bed like oh there's something weird yeah. that happened today like i'd be like i'd call yeah. my husband or my wife i guess <laughs> right away and be like get over here like freaking out you know what i mean like if something like that happened well, I, I, isn't it kind of intimate in the first one that she's kind of depressed and upset and like yeah, maybe she what, thinks to herself i mean i'm not i can't, I can't say it's for sure meaning into it but like she's imagining it or that she doesn't even focus on it because she's too focused on herself maybe i didn't pick it, up that she was well, depressed that, at all. again that self-help book and she's just kind of like a little bit uh, more like yeah uh, you know um and she's doing the music to try to be like okay i'm writing this um the way that I kind of took that, though, was 
What's interesting is in a lot of movies, you are made to connect. So let's look at The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to connect with the mom, right? Because the mom and, and the sisters, because they are the ones having those experiences. Mm-hmm. With this movie, we're not made to connect with Dalton or Foster or, you know, obviously the baby or even the mom. I, I argue that we're made to connect with Josh. And the thing is, we see in the beginning a lot of her, but we don't see a whole lot of him. We see him kind of getting ready and feeling that rush of like, I, I got to go. I got to go, you know, and he goes and stuff like that. And it isn't until the scene where finally she kind of has that conversation with him sitting out where he's staying out of the house, you know, and just staying out late and like grading papers, quote unquote, um, where she's talking to him and she's like, I've seen things, I've heard things and like, you don't believe me and stuff like that. I thought that was an interesting choice rather because at that point, you don't see all the things she's claiming to have seen. There wasn't like shadows moving a whole lot or this or that. There wasn't a lot of visual stuff. And she says she's seen things. Yeah. So what's kind of interesting there is that puts you in his position of like, what do you do when someone tells you they're seeing and hearing things and you have not seen them? So I thought that was kind of an interesting turn yeah. where you see a lot of her, but you're kind of made to connect with someone who isn't there. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know that that just kind of stood out to me because then you kind of put on the spot. I well, you know what's surprising? I, I don't know if you have. I don't know if you looked up some trivia about this, but I just saw one thing. I don't, I don't know if you knew this um, about the writer and him the process of writing this movie. Did you see that little fact, little tidbit? Uh, I saw this on IMDb, but um, it says writer Lee Wannell. Wannell. I'm not trying to say it. Stated at the Toronto Film Festival that when he wrote the film, he had a list of horror movie cliches posted above him so he could avoid using them. Uh, and this really? is the, he said the first one was to make sure that the family moved into a new house once the haunting started. Yeah. So I guess the idea that like it was happening in one place and moved to it because a lot of movies would be like, oh, that would make me think, oh, it's a haunted house movie. The house is yeah. haunted. But when it's like, no, 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 it's following you. Because yeah. I remember that for me was something different that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Like typically it's, you know, you stay in one location, that's it. You don't go to another place. Yeah. And that's an easy thing to do because you say, well, all our money's tied up in this place and we can't f- afford to move again. And, well, I, yeah. And it, it's understandable. Well, I, and I think and I, I think that when you, it's another kind of thing is you would think that a movie like this, you know, all the mom's experiencing all the stuff, the dad doesn't believe it. And he doesn't have any connection to it to where we discover he has a huge yeah. connection to it that he has no idea that he and even has the other which thing is totally too, different it, absolutely and the other thing too is with josh he d- i never get the vibe that he's like oh she's crazy oh no. she just believes this he's just kind of like kind of more of the mindset of like well I, I can't i haven't seen it so i can't validate it but i believe i i want to believe what she's saying because she seems you know like she really believes in it mm-hmm. and um he doesn't dismiss it he's just like oh well I don't know what to tell you, but don't worry. It'll be okay. All he does is reassure her. He doesn't, you know, put her down or anything. Yeah. So that's something that's kind of a little bit interesting there. But um, also, I don't know if you guys caught this, but when he's staying out late at school, do you see the little uh, saw Easter egg, the little jigsaw, and it has a little Mm -hmm. eight underneath? What is the eight? Saw eight, because that's going to come out. Oh, it is? Yeah, and James James Wan, that'll be the eighth one. What, and, uh, how many? So there's seven currently. Yeah. So, but this movie came out in 2010. Mm, this one did. Yeah, the first one. 
That one's so, still in. It has not been released yet. So Saw Eight's been in production for five years, I guess, <laughs> or something. Or maybe it has, wasn't in production at that point. But maybe that Saw was Eight just, is currently in development. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the so, writer is James Wan. Yeah. yeah. And the same guy who wrote Insidious. Here, but they didn't actually. do all the other saws. They only did like the first one or two. He he, he directed the first one, James Wan, and uh, Wan wrote it or they co-wrote yeah. it or something. And then James Wan was executive producer on the second one, and yeah. then uh, a producer on all the other ones. Oh, he was a producer. Yeah, but he didn't write or direct the any two of them. Ones. James Wan and what's his first name? Um, James is it? Wanel. Yeah, yeah, James Wan or. I forget. Wannell. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Wan, Wan and Wannell. Wan and Wannell. <laughs> they uh they went to like film school together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they like were they like were working on Saw like when they were still in school. Yeah. And they like that, they and did it so. as a short initially, yeah. actually, mm-hmm. before they brought that up. Yeah. But we'll talk. But about they also that. James Wan's name was also written on the chalkboard. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. Like I didn't the first it. shot you see of it, but then after that, yeah. all you see is like un- like over your shoulder. Yeah. You see the saw the jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um. But yeah, dude, so there's a lot of stuff that they did a little bit differently, and they had some really good fucking moments in this one, too, like where the door flies open in the middle of the night and sets off the alarm, yeah. you know, and the pounding on the door, and you see fucking this demon that looks like Glenn Danzig just, like, <laughs> following this baby around. It's like, baby! Yeah. Yeah. Why does he want that baby so bad? Because I want to fucking eat your soul. That's good. They're all looking for a body, dude. Yeah, but why does Danzig want to be in a baby? Because he can live a long time. time, (laughs) It's fresh meat, dude. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, I I thought the concept of this movie was really cool with the whole further thing. Um, Yeah, I was going to just bring that up. And the fact that, like, there's all these dead people that are like almost in like purgatory kind of place and they just want to be alive again. Well, this is the. It makes makes it like them less scary because it's just like, they just want to live again. But then they're being dicks about it. <laughs> well, to be honest, see, I felt the exact opposite. The Normally, when you explain like purgatory to me, I don't. Th- I never th- put a visual image to it like this, where it's just you walking through darkness, and and like it's just you like with, with a, and if you have a little little bit of light, that's your only guide. Like that's scary to me. And I know this part didn't scare you when we remember because we first watched it, but the smiling people freaked my shit out. It it didn't scare me, but I think mostly because I didn't understand it. I felt like that. That whole part of the movie could have been left out. It didn't yeah. explain anything. It didn't. There was no backstory to it. The only thing yeah. you think of is that maybe they lived in that house before. It's possible, but that has nothing to do with like they're not haunting him. But and, I mean, but, the, but that's the thing. They weren't. Yeah. In like that reality, they were in the further, and the further is this vast. Right. I understand, of, but why even show that? If it's not affecting them, if those people I, are not affecting because them. I think I think the the reason is because they've made it very clear at that point that it's a bunch of spirits are trying to get this kid's body because he's lost out there, um, which we didn't really cover it's, yet. It's, but yes. but yeah, so the, it's not a direct connection to him. It's more of a connection of oh, there's a shell. Yeah, there's an empty shell. There's an, there's there's it. there's one ticket to get on the train. We're all gonna try to get it. Like there's one golden ticket to get in the chocolate factory. <laughs> I just feel like if that was the case, then then there would be the house would be full of dead people trying to get in his body. But I think that the further kind of doesn't exist as a necessarily a house, but it exists. It's just a plane of existence where these things are happening. I don't. I don't right. know. I know. So, I some it. people would be closer than others, and I think maybe the ones that are the closest are because she even says there's a lot that are close, but the red demon guy is the closest because yeah. well, he's a. Well, she's he's, he's the most not evil one, but yeah. he's she says that he she explains that he's not 
after, like a lost soul. Yeah, he's not he's trying a to demon. get him. He's a demon yeah. who just wants for pain. Yeah, he yeah. just wants him. Um, so one of the God, this this movie is like all over the place with all this shit, which is crazy because for such an out there concept, they present it so well. Yeah, you know <laughs> the, the the whole idea of the astral projection thing. I thought it was awesome because it wasn't just like some demon possessed this boy, you know, or anything like that. It was just like, no, um, he's not in his body. How do we make that? Well, he asked, he, he does astral projection, but he doesn't know it because a kid wouldn't know he's it. sleeping. He just doesn't want to sleep. And he thinks it's just, it's just a dream, mm, you yeah. know? So that, and then when you, you know, you look into that shit and then, you know, you read up on it and you're like, okay, so then your quote soul, let's say your inner self is not in your body. Well, what happens to your body? Well, if you're asleep and I guess nothing, what if something else wants to move in though? It's like a hermit crab. Yeah. Essentially, you know, well, it's like essentially you yeah. don't know it, but you're leaving your door unlocked with yeah. wide open with all the windows open and showing everybody nobody's home. Yeah. You want to come in here? Go ahead. Like, that's, that's essentially what, what you're is. doing. And I mean, there's going to be plenty of people that will see that house and just continue to walk along. And some people will be like, that house looks empty. I'm going to take something. I'm take, a look, <laughs> take a look there, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that was kind of an interesting take uh, to me. And I want to ask you guys, uh, have you... Have you ever either on purpose or accidentally done astral projection? I've tried it. Yeah. I didn't. It was not successful. How I don't think successful? I could focus How enough. do you try? Uh, there are like meditation tapes and things like that or things on YouTube where it'll give you instructions on how, what to do. You where you like essentially go into a deep state of meditation and then you start imagining your body. You know, I've done meditation before and it's worked for me. I did a meditation just to relax my body yeah. and like. I felt like like okay now you're starting at your feet you're telling your body to relax yeah. I'm like okay let's try this and I just like holy shit it's actually working like it actually fucking worked yeah. but I, I I've never done it before but I I've been always been curious but now this movie made me terrified to never try it again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck that shit because I mean like let let's be honest here a little bit I mean like there are some creative people in the world but a little part of me has to imagine like this has to come from some sort of creepy belief that this could happen or experience or an experience of something like that. Well, I mean, that's how reportedly the album crack the sky by Macedon was written is that the dude did astral projection and all of that was an experience that he had. Really? Yeah. Like that's why it's like one to thing. Either that or he had a crazy dream and thought it was astral projection, et cetera. Or he did a bunch of peyote and could be that make it in the desert. Could, could be, could be (laughs) knowing them. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more later, but I I think I might have accidentally done it one time, oh, just really? like as a, as a dream, uh, and it was one of those things where as soon as I woke up, I was like, "Fuck! I hope that never happens again." Really, it scared you? Um, yeah. And I, I'll, I'll did it that. scare you because you just didn't know you were doing it? I'll explain it later. Okay, because it comes into play a little bit later. How about you, Evan? No, no never. No. All right, cool. I don't think so. Okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm you're a like, pure spirit. You're like, unless that time I fought a laser unicorn was real. <laughs> I wish it was. Did I you have a dream where you fought a laser unicorn? Oh, I no. just made that up. Oh, fuck. That would have been great. You should have lied. <laughs> so um, we also have the ghost hunter guys that come into play here. And I kind of want to get you guys' opinion on that. Like, what, what what did you think of the introduction of them? You need comic relief, I think. Yeah. Especially, it's, it's, this movie's pretty heavy. And they weren't, like, overboard, like, nah. goofball. Yeah. No. They were I just, like, I thought it was odd. Good. They yeah. were enjoyable. Like, it was, they, they were, they were, they were, well, they were goofball, but they were, like, 
they were like, if you called Chewy and I to come help you with this, we'd be like, oh, okay, I guess we'll do this. It's a good idea, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's uh, how we do it. But I think they were funny because of the banter between the two of them. I don't yeah. think they were like outwardly like no, funny, no, no, like no, cracking no, no, jokes. No, 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 no. They're, they're, they're definitely, it's the, it's the relationship between the two dudes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the other thing that kind of like stood out to me was where we have like, the, where you see those pictures of um, oh, yeah. the, they're like, oh, these pictures and like, you know, of when Josh was a little boy or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, it starts off as like, oh, we thought it was a camera malfunction. Same sort of creepy shit like the Slender Man photos online. Exactly. Like the, yeah. Just in the background. You just have that little shadow there and it's getting closer and closer. And you see like what looks like a face and you, you have that one with the hand. Ugh. And it's like, oh, fuck. Like, fuck, no. Right? <laughs> That's fucked up. Um, eventually, because the son Dalton is trapped in the further, you know, because he was in the coma, FYI, in case we forgot to mention it, um, which <laughs> we totally did. <laughs> um, you did. Because of that... Um, the basic plot... Well, I know we kind of beef attention. Yeah. The basic plot is there. There, this kid is after projecting. He is in his sleep. He gets into a coma, and he... And then his, basically his body is, like we talked about, like an open house, but, and, a de- and a bunch of spirits, including this really nasty fucking demon, are trying yeah. to get into it, and so they're trying his to... His name is Darth Maul. Yeah, the Darth, Darth Maul. Maul. Well, based on Lucasfilm, we can't call him that, but that's what he looks like. Yeah, they call in the credits. They call him the lipstick face demon. Yeah, because he, yeah. well, he does. He has red all over his face, um, and he really likes Tiny Tim. Um, but there's a bunch of spirits, including this demon, that are trying to attach itself to this boy and take his body for their own. But I, I believe that he didn't even. I believe that Dalton wasn't even in a coma. No, no, he wasn't. He he he, had, he was just gone. He just but went to sleep one night, and then he, he got strayed, lost in the further. He strayed yeah. away too far. And yeah, yeah. But 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 a do- if a doctor would look at it and believe in that bullshit, they'd be like, "Oh, it's a coma. He's in a coma." Yeah, like his brain's still there, but he's. he's I mean, not much he's science is always right, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, Have you ever seen science be proven? <laughs> Have you ever seen like, science? Like that episode of Sunny we always talk yeah. about. Have you ever seen that episode? Probably. Where he disproved, they go like, "We can't, we can't believe in God because you have never seen it." It's like, and and Matt goes, "Have you ever seen science? Have you seen evolution happen?" No, and the, no, the, no. But but scientists say, "Oh, so you're doing, you're trusting on secondhand knowledge, not something you've so you're witnessed having yourself. Faith. So you're having faith in what someone has <laughs> written." <laughs> Yeah, and, and as, fu- as, as as like as a little part of you is like, well, that's but you're like, oh shit, they're kind of right. Like, I don't. <laughs> Science is just another religion. It's a, just bro. another form of faith. You're just trusting that what these scientists are telling you is true. So and I'm sure there's probably people out there who are like tune when, out. <laughs> when, when we first, um, when we first have uh, Elise come into the house, mm-hmm. and she's like has the dude like sketching for her, and she yeah. sees that like sketch, or she sees that Darth Maul guy up in the corner. Yeah. Oh, that drawing freaked me out, dude. Yeah, yeah. it just looks like something ready to fucking pounce. The the way that she like freaks out about it, and like yeah. when she does her little, like little mumblings yeah. and stuff like that, that freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, what the fuck is she seeing? Yeah. That's something that comes into play also in the second movie. But before we get into the second movie, um, eventually Josh, you know, goes back into the further. He astral projects, and that's mm-hmm. because it know, turns out he was able to. He had the similar problem with this. With this. Yeah, he lady was, ghost. Well, he was sorta. able to leave his body and all that. Well, stuff he did the same. The and I, I understood he was doing the same sort of thing. Yeah, but he didn't go into a coma. No, he didn't go into he a coma. But lost, this thing, but this, yeah, but this thing followed him saw, back. yeah, followed him back. Yeah. So um, he eventually goes into the further, and that's where we see the creepy smiling people. Oh, there's also that part where the dude's using the little uh, infrared 
little yeah. lens thing, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's two smiling girls in the hallway. Yeah. Yep. Oh god. From the shining. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And oh, I wanted to fuck talk about that towards the end here. But um yeah, so he eventually goes into the further and then he comes across something that is one of Ian's fears. I know something one of your irrational fears. You see something in the distance, a single lit object. What is that lit oh, object? Oh yeah, I, that is a weird fear that I have. It is I have this weird, bizarre fear of like, and you can you can go to houses that are in like the if you're in Southern California, we live like the Orange and Anaheim area. Usually, these big colonial houses, or any sort of house that's like far back on a lawn, and all that's lit up is the, is the front door, and it's a bright red door. Not gonna lie, creeps I, me out. <laughs> I love a red door. Yeah, yeah but but like just a sing. But it's like listen, if it's the house is fully lit up, no problem. But when it's a single light right above it, and that's the only thing that's illuminated, you're like. Oh shit! Something's going on back <laughs> that, there. That's just his it's thing. a weird fear. I don't know why. It's not like a something that terrifies me. Like I won't go into a house. It's like that. If like if it's like your friend's house, I'm like, well, it's my friend's house. I yeah. know. But if someone's like, just go up to that house. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Something bad's happening there. I want to get the fuck out. So you come across this red door, and eventually he goes into what ends up being Darth Maul's lair. Where he just sharpens knives all day, <laughs> right? What so, a fucking life! Guys, while right? listening to Tiny, Tiny, Tiny Tim. Tim, man, Tiny what a Tim. life! What a life! God damn! So Stealing I, souls, sharpening knives, listening to Tiny Tim. So what paradise. Did you, what did you think of that? Coldplay style. Uh, I, to be honest, <laughs> I thought that. Did you say Coldplay style? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I thought that part was a little cheese ball. It is, but it's, it's fun. Cheese ball, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really understand. I mean, I get that's where he lives, whatever. Yeah, he's just hanging but, out there. Like, it was just kind of a pointless, or just I don't know. If they just would have shown like Dal- Dalton chained up, and then yeah. the dude come c- running around the corner like after him, yeah. like you, I didn't need Speaking to see of him. That dude I didn't need to see corner. him, see him and doing his hobbies. You know, yeah. <laughs> like like what he does in his spare time when he's. <laughs> About to yeah. molest a little boy. He's like, he's like psyching up. He's yeah. like, it's well, like, like <laughs> and I, I remember it's funny. You don't know true terror until that thing in real life jumps out at you because that happened to us because we went to Universal Studios. You mean when, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, and they actually had people Wait, did, dress did as that demon you in there too. No, no. Okay. This no, was he like, was, this was just you and I, this wasn't the year that this, where we went and then I and, went with you. And when oh, we yeah. get more in the second, that was last year. And we get more into the second movie. I'll talk about, yeah. cause it was the first and second movies combined into one maze. Oh, like us. Yes. Doing, exactly. Yes. Tonight. And it was called into the further. And so it was already scary Such enough cool when the name, fucking the demon dude is jumping out at you. Which you're already terrified because you remember all the shit from the movie, and you're like, oh, "Was it just a guy dressed as Darth Maul with a dual wielding lightsaber?" No, <laughs> <laughs> like a storm. No, that, that's the thing about Universal Studios. That's why I tell people if you're in the Southern California area, or if you're in Florida, because they also do. They, it's even bigger in Florida. They have a shit ton of mazes there. But like, and you want to go see something scary? Do yourself a favor. Like, knots is fine, but go to fucking Universal. They know yeah. how to do their shit. I went this last year for the first time, and I was pretty. Freaked out. That maze that, but so the maze that was there this year was the American Werewolf in London yeah. one. Yeah. That whatever that maze is, that's that's where the Insidious one is. In my experience, that's always been the one that just like surprisingly freaks the shit out of yeah. me and like scares me for no reason. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, watching that dude, you because you, you see him doing the sharpening, you're like, oh okay, it's just like a robot up there. It, and all of a sudden, it jumps out at you like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, that's, no! that's in the maze. Yeah, he was doing his hobbies, knives. playing, hobby. playing tip throw through the tulips. So, and I remember so looking over like, at Chewie and oh, being like, "Oh, that's oh, fuck. so." You're like, "Oh, that's the creepy part." 
and then bam, bam right it hits there you. in your face. Oh god! And I just, oh. re- I just remember being like, I, I remember hearing it from around the corner. I remember going, no, 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 no. And I don't usually like, I can go through and laugh and smile and be like, okay, these are just people. Like for some reason, my brain did not accept that these were just people <laughs> pretending. Yeah. And then we'll get to Insidious too. <laughs> So, chapter two, rather. Something that's awesome about this movie is it ended with a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. That wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, just like, oh, and then it's going to come. Like, like it's, it's done in such a way to where it almost feels like, like the end of, like, I don't even want to say it just in case people haven't seen it. But like, it, it almost feels like something that was unfinished. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like, okay, and that's the end of that. Until next time, it was just kind of, okay, yeah, and then here we are, and now this is happening, and fuck. Well, it's almost like, remember we talked about how he didn't use cliches? Yeah. This is the absolute opposite of a cliche. Yeah. Which is, you give a horror movie a down ending. Yeah. You don't give it a, and then the ghosts stop bothering them forever. Yeah. And it looked like it was going there at first, you know, you have the whole, like, oh, we got Dalton back, he's fine, and... Everyone's hey, fine. Hey, how's Josh and, doing? You know, it's <laughs> fine. And no. and then you have Josh, and it just ends with him, like, you know, uh, attacking Elise, and, and he kills her, you know? Or, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck's like, going what the on? Hell? And then, you know, you just have that thing where you see the picture, and the woman's in it. And, uh, and then, you know, you just have, like, the woman... Uh, uh, What's her? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the woman in in, in, in black, black. You know, she's in the photo again. You know, and then you just see uh, Elisa's like dead face, and then it, it just kind of cuts out after that. Like it's just people. Like the, his wife is just kind of like, "What is going on?" Done. Yeah. Just yeah. like that, and that was fucking awesome. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. At least. But at least I think it's. They're planning on doing a sequel. Well, yeah, yeah. That's well, like I think that, I think that gives you the ability to even if you didn't do a sequel, like let's say they just ended it right there and that was it. You're like, fuck, like that's like that's totally opposite of every horror movie you've seen. But it gives them the ability to do a sequel really easily if they wanted to. Yeah, which I, I really I don't, dig. I don't think it was like it actually was unfinished. It I, it was planned out for sure. Yeah, but it was just the way that it ended kind of had that feeling of like, what the fuck. Kind of like how Ty West ended, you know, House yeah. of the Devil. Where you're <laughs> like, in Black is oh, what okay. they call that character. Bride yeah, Brian Black. Black. Um, and you have in, in House of the Devil just where she's hooked up to the machines at the end and then it just stops and you're just like, so what the fuck happens next? You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so, and what's awesome about that is it rolls right into the, into the same or not into the same rolls into the next movie, uh, which comes out years later. Yeah, it literally yeah. picks up right with the last one left off. Yeah, so it starts off, you know, and you're seeing kind of pictures and stuff through the opening, and you have what? What's awesome about it is it starts off with a flashback, and it starts off with what you're like, okay, cool, there's a flashback, but it's when Josh is a kid, you know, and mm. it starts further back like that. And it's just like, holy shit, you know, you have all this backstory that you're building and you have this creepy little scene, this one scene where, you know, they're trying to hypnotize him and for lack of better words, erase his mind so that you can just be like, okay, cool. Well, that's what's going on. He stands up and he just goes, I'll show you over there and points to a door. The door opens. It's empty. There's no one there. And then you just see everyone like react scared title card comes up 
And then we go back to present day, which is like the next day or even that same night. The same night. Well, I feel like with this whole sequel. It picks up right after when when the wife comes in and sees Elise dead. Well, with this whole sequel, it feels like they introduced this real. They had it almost done. The work was almost done for them because they introduced in this in the first movie this character of this like creepy, you know, bride in black sort of thing. And they kind of have it as like an off thing. It's not really a bit. It's a big it's a part of the story. But it's not meant to be like the yeah. biggest thing in the story because the biggest thing in the story is obviously this Dark demon and all this demon. stuff, and it makes you not even think about her until the very end. We're like, oh fuck! Like, why would he do that? You're right. It's like he's putting himself in such big danger doing this. And then they, Burbank's like, we have this great character like that we didn't even flesh out at all. Perfect, easy opportunity for a sequel. Let's yeah. do it. Let's flesh out that character. Yeah. Let's find out who she. I'm doing quotes yeah. there is. And, you know, and we left it with where we have a conflict already right right out the gate. So it, it's almost like their work was done for them. It's, it's pretty easy, pretty easy to move forward with that, whether they plan to or not. I, I was reading that they were originally, I think it was still going to be the demon guy, be the main, I guess, bad guy. Yeah. In the second and, one? Yeah, but then they, like, they didn't have a plan of what, you know, ends up being yeah. the bride in black. Um, it backstory or whatever. They didn't even have that planned out until they were like making the movie, mm-hmm. which I think it's worked out better. Yeah, you know, you know, they were able to let it develop and blossom naturally, yeah. as opposed to kind of being like, "Here's the game plan. We have to stick to it. You, right. know, you can adapt." I think everything else in between and the second one probably was planned when they filmed the yeah. first one. Either that, or they were super smart and like creative when they were making the second one. And be like, "Oh wait, remember th- remember this." Oh, we could do this there. Yeah, yeah, so. and that. So here's what I want to ask. And Ian, you you have a lot of familiarity with sequels through yeah. uh, Super Action Bros. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. How did this feel in terms of it being a sequel to the first one? Um. Well, usually with the sequel to an action movie, we talk about this a lot. We call it, well any movie really sequel escalation. So stakes need to be higher. By the way, for you listeners, this is going to be the killer dissection here because James yeah. isn't here. So this is the killer dissection. Um, so, so tell us about s- sequel escalation. Sequel escalation is stakes need Should to be, be higher. Sure. World needs to be bigger. Um, and there needs to be usually new characters are introduced. So we meet new people, which this movie does do uh, quite a few of those. It it does introduce a lot of new characters. We have Car- we have a Carl. Is that his name? Carl? Yeah. Um, a friend of Elise who we didn't see in the first movie we have. Um, we have uh, Josh's mom is introduced. So we have new characters we're learning about. She's in the first oh, one. She's in the first she, one. But, not, but, but not, like, not like in this one where she becomes like a main like staple, right? Mm-hmm. Like okay. isn't she in the first one kind of briefly? Like not like this? Yeah, kind of. Um, and I would say in, I would even say the character of the bride in black is, is even yep. sequel escalation. Um, and if, if we're going to count yeah. his mom in like that, then we also got to count... Um, the ghost hunters yeah. and, and Dalton. And I would argue too, in this one too, a lot of the danger, there's two types of danger in this movie. So you've escalated to now you have, not only do you have the ghost danger for like mm-hmm. the lack of a better word, because you have still have all these ghosts and stuff that are, that are out there, but you have a physical thing. So you now almost have, have taken it from not just being like a ghost or a, a haunting movie, yeah. but now it's also a little bit of a slasher Yeah, because you have this, this, this ghost possessing this body. Who's a murderer. Who's a killer. And can go off at any moment. And there's there's stuff in this movie that we didn't see in the first. We didn't see somebody trying to break a door down with like you know a baseball bat or with like a fire extinguisher and or trying to hurt somebody. We didn't see that in the first one. So it's not necessarily escalation in the sense that it's you know a different type of movie or that it's bigger. Like you know for example I don't know 
Uh, I'm trying to think of a good like, sequel. Bad Boys movie. Two. Yeah, great one. Great point. See, <laughs> no, it's, it's true. That's true. That's a great. That's a great example. Um, it's not like they're traveling all over. Like Insidious goes on tour. It's not like that. But it's, <laughs> but it's it's bigger. State you have different types of how do I put this? Different types of horror. I guess yeah. so you've escalated to almost a different genre a little bit. Um, as far as like a wider world, maybe not so much, but um, I know that I like the way that they connect it with the first movie. I think that's clever. Yeah. I think that's why they can get away with not having a bigger world. Yes. Because it picks up right up to the first yeah. one. Yeah, no, no, it does. It they does. don't have time to, to have exactly. change. No, no, like and, that, and, so. and, and I think that they do a really good job of, of I, I don't usually, you don't usually see sequel escalation as much in horror movies. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, maybe, but, but not. Like this, not like you, this. That you do in like, like a different type of horror. Maybe yeah. like Scream Two, like, or like, like you know, I think in like Slashers, or even okay, yeah, even Saw. Slashers. Saw Saw's a great yeah. example. Saw one to Saw two. Saw one, it's two dudes in a room the whole time. Yeah. Saw two, it's like now these people are in this crazy fun house with needle pits yeah. and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I think, but I, I think like movies that do this, like even like Halloween, where it picks up right after the first mm-hmm. one does or leaves off. Um, Sometimes you, it works, sometimes it doesn't. This this yeah, works, and so yeah. does Halloween. Yeah, Quantum of Solace, on the other hand, <laughs> I like. This is one one of the reasons why I wanted to do both of these movies together because it, it flows. It, but it not only flows it, the way that they utilize like, like um, and we can get into it more. But like in the first one, a lot of the weird stuff that happens that looks you know kind of poltergeisty or whatever this movie ties in and you actually see why those things happen yeah. and yeah. how they happen. And it kind of, it makes way more sense. And you're like, Oh, and then like, it's like, I don't know. I get, ex- I got so excited when I was like rewatching yeah. this. Uh, well, let's this talk, let's talk about that and then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that was that moment where I'm just like, fuck, I'm rock hard right now. Because <laughs> so in the first movie, you know, you have little things that occur, like a couple notes get played on a piano. And eventually, you know, you kind of hear more of that song on the piano. And, you know, it sounds a little familiar, but, you, you know, you're not in the quite sure movie? why. Mm-hmm. In, in the first one, you you hear a, a little bit of it. Um, just very, very, like, briefly. Again, just kind of pepper it in there. That the pounding on the door and the door being kicked open or whatever it is, you know, and all these little things like that that just kind of seem to happen and voices well, and all that stuff. And if you're like a continuity comic book nerd like we are, it shows that it teaches you something about the further, which is that it, it exists outside of space and time. It's yeah. not necessarily a linear thing. It's exactly. it's just you're there. Yeah. Which is weird. Um, yeah, I agree with you. The, but then eventually in this movie... Josh is back in the further again. And what ends up happening is he ends up at his house from the first movie, from the, from the, the, the first, first house, house from the first, first movie, movie um, where he is also back in time in the events of that first movie. So you see Glenn Danzig again. You see Danzig just pacing around, and that's what leads him to the house. He's got to stop him and warn him. So he's pounding on the door, and it cuts to a scene from the first movie where he and his wife are up in bed talking, where he and Renee are talking, and they hear the pounding on the door, and then eventually they go down to check, and there's nothing there. Some stuff is happening upstairs, uh, you know, or, or something like that. There's some screaming going on, and then you have the door being kicked open, by Josh's spiritual self 
to get in to help. And that's when, again, it cuts back to the part in the first movie where the door gets kicked open, the alarm's going off. Yep. Holy fuck. <laughs> I love like, it. Just, uh, it's, it's smart. It's well it's done. It's super smart. And I mean, and it's something that we've seen in other movies done well, too. And, and, and give what say what you will about the Paranormal Activity movies and the sequels, but they do a really good job of tying that story together. Yeah. And it, it, it even the last one, which I won't go into detail why, but it, which is yeah. a little silly, did a really interesting thing yeah. that was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. that's really... That, to me, made that whole experience worth it. But, yeah, dude. Yeah. It, it, but that's what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. where it ties into the first movie and all that, and I think that's fucking fantastic. Yes. You know? In, in this one, Elise is dead. You know, yes. because she's been strangled to death mm-hmm. and, and killed. And that's one of the ways the movie starts is you actually see Renee at the police um, being interrogated or yeah. interviewed or whatever. And I really fucking love that shot where it's this oh, yeah. long fucking like dolly zoom uh-huh. where it just closes in on them. Yeah. And you see this little piece of light around the desk where they're sitting. But there's so much empty space on both sides of it to where it's obviously larger than the actual room. So it's kind of a rad thing because it kind of takes you into something that you talked about earlier, uh, Ian. And that's kind of like stuff that's like voyeuristic. This movie and also even in the previous one, but in this one, it's a lot more evident to me that some of the camera angles used and some of the camera techniques and the way things are shot and blocked out were very voyeuristic Mm -hmm. and that always creeps my shit out Yeah, because you're just kind of like you're you're put into someone else's or something else's perspective that you don't want to be in. Yeah. And you're looking at the characters that you want to connect with instead. I I also like that. I thought I lost it. Um, Hold on. Give me a sec. Keep going. I'll I'll come back to it. It'll it'll come back to me. Sorry. It'll, It'll come back to me. Keep going. (laughs) <laughs> the as far as like the scary stuff that happens here too, they kind of do things along the same line that they did initially in the first one, but they do raise the stakes a little bit. Stuff is bigger, so mm-hmm. instead of it being like a book moving or this or that, you see the door moving. You you know you you hear instead of one or two notes being played on the piano, a song being played on the piano. What, what yeah, what else like in this movie is they they made it a bit of a detective movie too. They added some detective elements which is something new that we didn't see before. Before it was just all about, you know, how do we stop this demon from getting our son now? It's like, okay, this thing has possessed my husband. How do we learn about what it is and, and who it is and and how do we stop it that way? It's different than just like let's try to prevent it, prevent it, prevent it. It's like this happened, now what do we do? So it's different than the first one in that sense. And I guess that you could argue is also sequel escalation. It's like, well, the first one all we were worried about is what if this happens? Now we have that it has happened. We have to fix it. How do we fix it? Yeah. Like we have to get someone back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. And then we have to learn. And then we learn all about this character. This was just a small little footnote in the first one. Yep. And that now has become super important, which is, which is. Pretty fucked up, actually. It's yeah. a fu- he's got a fucked I, up backstory. I want to talk about that here in a second, but just a couple other examples of the scary things. Like in the first one, you hear the baby crying. You hear the the stuff on the baby monitor. In this one, you hear those noises, and it's kind of like a, a game of cat and mouse, where the noise is over here. So Renee goes to the left, and then you hear footsteps or you hear a loud bang upstairs and now she has to go upstairs to follow it. It's just kind of like leading her around eventually slams the door in her face and it's in there with her baby. 
and you hear just the yelling and, and, and a smack and the baby's crying. And finally, Renee gets in there and you see the baby outside of its crib on the ground. That's when shit gets fucking real. No, I think that at that point, the baby's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Because the first time when she goes up there, the baby's outside of the crib and then she's holding the something happens and then the baby's gone. Remember that? Cause then the baby get at some like, point, like disappear at some point. The baby is like somewhere else, like where it shouldn't be. Yeah. The baby's the baby's gone. And then that's when Renee goes like is running downstairs. And then she sees the lady yeah. and she says like, how dare you? And slaps her. And then like knocks her out. Yeah. Remember? Cause she like falls into the table. Yeah. Well, the first time when the baby falls out or quote falls out of the crib, that's where you hear that phrase the first time the second time where she runs downstairs and actually gets smacked but in in any case my point is you go from just kind of something hinting that it's in the room with the baby to the baby obviously couldn't have gotten out of its crib on the ground by itself and that's where it's like holy shit this isn't just creepy scare you shit something is able to fucking move your baby like that's fucked up you know, I, I thought stuff like that. And then she goes downstairs and like the baby stuff that's down there, which so far has been just kind of hinted at as like, oh, the the sound goes off randomly. All of it just fucking flies into the air at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. Fucking creepy. Right. Um, but then we get to learn a little bit more about what's his name? Crane Parker. Parker. Crane. Oh, Parker Crane. Yeah. Parker Crane. Um, tell us a little bit about Parker Crane here. You know, uh, who, me? Yeah, you, you mentioned the backstory. Um, so Parker Crane. <laughs> A.K.A. Fucking, A.K.A. The, the, the Bride in Black. So the Bride in Black's a dude. Let's start with that. Yeah. And he was told by Yummy. his mother, we, we learned he was told by his mother at a young age that he was a, a, a woman. Like, you're, yeah. not, you're not a little boy. Your name isn't Parker. That's the name your father gave to you. Your name is Marilyn. Marilyn. And you're a girl. Yeah, his repeat, mom sucked. Yeah, repeat after me. My name is Marilyn. Well, that's just and that's just where the fucked up shit begins. It gets Say worse than that. that. Yeah. Oh God, she's she's. Oh, well, uh, speaking of scary moments, like she freaked me out when like that one time she just looks and screams and yeah. they like move back like oh, yeah. on like a uh, like a, a dolly. Yeah. And that's where they use those practical effects, I think. And that's pretty. And it's awesome. subtle. It's not like they fly back in a huge no. Yeah. It's just like whoosh. It's way creepier. Yeah, something that you would see kind of in a more old school movie. And it's easy. It's easy to do, but it, and it's so effective because it does it does so much without needing to have them fly back like a giant fucking sonic boom went off, you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, then he grows up. Yeah. <laughs> he grows up. Um, so Parker Crane, you know, he eventually grows up. And we learn through the investigation, the, the kind of detective work, at some point, the... Um, the ghost hunter guys. What 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 are their names again? Tucker and Specs. Tucker mm-hmm. and Specs. Names. So <laughs> yeah. Tucker and Specs. Specs because of glasses. <laughs> and Tucker because of fat. Because look at him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. His name's Tucker. <laughs> so they um they along with um along with Josh's mom, who I can't remember her name at the moment. Fox. Yeah, Fox. Foxy. Foxy. Her name is... Foxy uh, Brown. Her name is Renee. She's Renee? Yeah. I thought nope. his wife was Renee. No, wait. 
You're no. Oh, you mean Josh's mom? Oh, yeah. I thought you meant Renee. Uh, no, Josh's mom is Lorraine. 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 Yes. So uh, Lorraine. Tucker, Specs, and Lorraine are going looking for stuff, and they're going based off of. Uh, I think Carl's with them too. Carl. Yeah. Um, Carl has the dice and Coral. He's he's conjuring stuff yeah. up with his dice and being like he, they're trying playing to contact, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to contact Elise because Elise is dead and they need help. They need to figure out how do we get Josh back. So you know, boom. What do we do? Eventually, the dice spell out the name of a hospital, and uh, L- uh, Lorraine used to work at that hospital, so they kind of go there and they have the flashback. And this is where you're like, okay, cool. So there's some dude, uh, some like some thing that's there. So we now know there's this ghost thing. Well, why is it? What's going on there? You know? And she says, I remember it well. And basically what you have is that flashback to where Josh as a kid is there with his mom. And then this dying man. Yeah. How did, sorry, how did yeah. she get to the conclusion that that was the guy that they're looking for? Well, she at first what happened is they said, well, what is uh you know our Lady of Angels mean? And she says, oh, that's a hospital, and they're like, that's a hospital. What what does that have to do with it? And she says, I remember that hospital, and it's because she remembers that event that happened to her son. So what they ended up doing is through there they were uh, looking. I forget. Did he what, do the dice and it spelled out? Parker Crane or Crane or something like that? I believe it was something like that. But okay. you have the event where the old man tries to, like, kind of attacks that part's Josh. Crap out of me. Right? Because imagine you're just there, there's a sick old man, and then he just gr- jumps up and grabs you. And then they do something. But if, I feel like he well, didn't even jump up. It felt like he was just sitting up like that for, like, a moment before the kid turned around. And then he was like, ah. ah and just fucking go. And if that happened, how did the nurses not see him sit up? Well, that's the thing. I think he just kind of sat up and did it like Uh, that. But um, then you have what follows next in that, where the next day, you know, in this flashback, she's, you know, walking home or whatever, and then she goes down the elevator with this guy, and she's like, I'm really sorry that my son was kind of bothering you, like he was just being nosy, but you should be in bed resting, etc. And she gets off the elevator. He gets off the elevator. He doesn't say anything. He just walks away. And then she goes up to the nurse at the front desk and, you know, well, shouldn't he be in bed? Like, what's he doing? You know, the guy from this room. And she's like, what do you mean he's walking around? He died yesterday. And you're like, oh, fuck. She was just on the elevator with a ghost. And then you learn more about the students. So they're poking around the abandoned hospital, which I think was Linda Vista Hospital, by the way, because it's all set in L.A. And you've you've heard about Linda Vista Hospital, right? No. So Linda Vista Hospital, short history lesson is this hospital that was just kind of abandoned. Just it was really underfunded, understaffed, and it was really terrible. And a lot of people died there. Eventually got abandoned. And a lot of people say it that was, it's it haunted. Was, was Linda Vista Hospital. Oh, it was? They yeah. said the a majority of the film was shot inside Linda Vista Hospital. Yeah. And it also doubled as the abandoned hospital in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's anyway. So it's kind of creepy that they use like a real haunted location or what is reported to be a haunted location is it just like condemned like it's just shut down right now i think it doesn't even exist anymore like they tore it down their plan was to tear it down and build apartments on top of it oh that's a good idea yeah anyway <laughs> so um 
they're poking around and they're trying to find information and they find information about this dude, uh, Parker Crane. And eventually um, they find his information because they wanted to know. And this is where they kind of start hinting at it. They're like, what was he in the hospital for anyway? You know, and she says he tried to castrate himself. And that's where you're like, what the fuck? Okay, that's weird. Oh, shit. What? I was just doing some research on Linda's hospital. Yeah? Check this shit. Oh, no. In 2011, the 4.2-acre Linda Vista Hospital Complex was purchased by uh, AMCAL Multi-Housing Incorporated. The structure of the historic registry, the main hospital, and former nurses dormitory were renovated and turned into the, ready for this, Linda Vista Senior Apartments. It's oh, no. a good idea. Let's put some fucking old people next to those ghosts. Just build up that build up that army. <laughs> build up that ghost army. Build up that ghost army. God damn it. And now provides a total of 97 apartments for fixed income seniors so plus a medical facility. They didn't even knock it down. They just renovated it and you're using the same building. Which, if you're going to talk real ghost shit, it's probably a better idea than knocking it down uh, and giving them nowhere to go. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but then you have people staying in a room. Living in a room. They still film part of the third in- Insidious there, though. Yeah. So well, they, yeah. Still, they still do things with it. Yeah. What? What's that? I don't, it's just like a like a picture oh. of a dummy in the hospital, but like all like oh, weird. Oh, God. That's so creepy. Have you seen... You haven't seen the ghost adventures where they go to Linda Vista, huh? I don't think so. I, didn't, I, I don't know anything about this place. Oh, man. Those are some of the best episodes. There's two episodes. Anyway. Uh, I may have seen them and just not known... In either case, when did it get shut down? Um, a long time ago, like in the early nineties. This is kind of cool. So they end up at Parker Crane's residence, and that's where you start seeing hints, and you see in the room what looks to be a little girl's room, and they're in there, and all these rocking horses just start rocking all at once, and that's like your first clue, like holy shit, shit, something's going on, something's going on, and you see a little girl sitting on the bed. And she just turns to them and says, get out of here. If she sees you, she'll make me kill you. A little girl in in an abandoned house yeah. just saying that to you. So, oh, God, it just gets all fucked up from there. And eventually, that kind of leads us back to, you know, Josh again. And, and it, Tucker and Specs are trying to get uh, Carl to, you know, talk to him and sedate him and all that stuff. But one of my favorite scenes in this movie, aside from the callback where it kind of ties back to the first movie, the cans on a string scene. You remember that? Mm-hmm. That was, was that in the first movie? Second. Oh, that was in the second one. So early on <laughs> in the movie, they introduced these cans on a string and foster Dalton's younger brother is like, Hey, let's talk through these. These are fun, right? So later on in the movie, of course, Dalton's trying to sleep and you hear a little voice through the can, right? And then he's like, go to sleep. I'm just trying to go to sleep. He's like, Foster, stop it. It's dumb. And then you hear a voice come through the can. I'm not Foster. And then you look at where the string of the can goes and it goes into that closet door thing. And eventually it opens up and the string is taut. It doesn't have a lot of slack. And then just some random girl runs out and just goes straight to a corner and is just like huddled there. And she turns around and she's yelling. She's like, please help me make the pain stop and all that stuff. But you don't hear her. 
except through the can, his end of yeah. the can. So it sounds yeah. all whispery, even though she's yelling. That shit freaked my my shit out. That what what did I say? <laughs> that shit freaked my shit out. Is that I can't yeah, even talk sorry. right now. So this is where it got fucking real for me. This is where it freaked me out. So these ghost things all come out of the closet, right? Yeah. And they're like kind of coming after Dalton. And Dalton's standing there and he's like scared and he turns around and looks on his bed and sees himself lying there. So that's where my kind of astral projection thing (laughs) comes into play. Because one time, uh, not to make it a long story, but one time I remember I woke up and was just really tired, really, really tired. You've had sleep paralysis before, yeah? Yeah. You know when you're like super tired, you're trying to move, but you really can't or whatever? It was like that. And then eventually, though, I felt like that I pushed myself over, turned over, and like sat up, kicked my legs off the edge of the bed, had my bare feet on the ground, which is like uh, wood flooring. It was back at my old place. Um, And I, I could feel like the coldness of like, you know, the floor like on my feet. I got up and I walked out and then there's tile in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So it was even colder. And I was like, okay, cool. And I remember like, just like everything, like people were saying in the living room and all that stuff. And I was, I was just like, I think I said something like, cause this is when I was living at home. I was like, Oh mom, like what's for breakfast or something like that. Right. And then I remembered this whole time I'm kind of walking like with my eyes closed, but then I opened my eyes and I'm still lying in bed and I'm like, that was fucking weird because it just felt like really real, you know, because mm-hmm. of all the sensation. And that's when I was like, I don't like that. I don't want to accidentally leave my body again. <laughs> that freaked me <laughs> out <laughs> because I didn't know that I was doing it. I wasn't setting out to do it. But in any case, so that's why this whole the scene where he turns around and sees himself in bed, Ugh. that freaked my shit out. Weird. Because I was like, what if? So this movie... Let's yeah. go back to the maze. Yeah, yeah. So this this is another part where they're finding out that this guy, there's this trunk. Yeah. So before they get to that trunk, though, some they got to walk through something. There's a chapel full of people covered in, in sheets, and they're all lady people. Is that a chapel? I think that's what it was, right? Or it looked like a chapel. Or like a, There was a, like pews or like... But it was in his benches. house, wasn't it? It was yeah. in his house, yeah. So they decided to do that in the maze. <laughs> Which you know means somebody's under one of those and they're going to jump at you. Yeah. And that was the point where I went, and this is all in the further, so it has that creepy blue lighting and all that shit. And I just went, fuck it, and put my hands up and started walking as quick as I can out, which, of course, was code to all the people dressed as, as, as this character, as the, as the bride in black, to jump the fuck out at me. Which is something I'd never done. I've always been through yeah. plenty of mazes, and I've always been like super calm. I'll get through it. I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's a little scary, but I'll be okay. I'll just walk along. And I think it's because you and I were in the front. You and I were alone. There was nobody else. Yep. We were alone. Yep. We were the front of the group, the front yep. of the line. In fact, I was the front of the line. Yep. And you knew. I, when was the point where you knew like I had a fucking enough? <laughs> I was going to break. Was it before? You, you, I think it's the second we walked in that room. Yeah. You're like, oh, no. I was like, okay. This is, yeah. Because <laughs> it, bo- it bothered you, too. Yeah. But you didn't react the same freaky. way I did. You're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. I was the kid who sees the rapid dog. And you're like, or I'm the one who sees the T-Rex and goes, everybody run. You go, no. 
don't move. Can't <laughs> yeah. see us if we don't move. Can't see us if we don't move. And I'm like, no, run! I'm the lawyer who gets eat, eaten on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. I'd never done that before. I was like, and I just was like, I remember leaving it and finally getting out outside me like, <sighs> like t- really scared. Which is weird. I've never had that experience before in a maze, and I've never had it since. That was the only one that freaked me out. Oh, God, what a, what a pussy I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you weren't there. No, I'm you, it was saying, fucking terrifying. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Shaking your head at me like I would have judging. probably been just as scared. I, I don't know if I would run or would have ran out. <laughs> I don't know that I would have run out like a little I was, girl. I was pretty scared in the American Werewolf in London one. Yeah, that one freaked me out too, man. There's like did. dudes in werewolf costumes shooting machine guns. And Nazi me. werewolf <laughs> costumes, yeah, Nazi. which is weird. But um, in any case, getting back to the movie here, something that we kind of didn't talk about is uh, Josh, his progression, obviously. He starts off in the beginning of the movie, like you're kind of like, okay, he's back. Maybe he's a little shaken by everything. and cause it's, it, But then there's something off about him this whole time, and eventually he starts to age. And they explain that. They say... You know, you're because it's um, Parker Crane inside his body, mm-hmm. and basically saying like, you know, your your dead soul is killing his, you know, live flesh or whatever it is, and it, he switches in and out though, and that's what makes it difficult to trust him the whole time because you're. Does he really though, or, or is that just him playing with him and, and trying to get him to believe it? I I don't know. That's the whole thing. I think he kind of fades in and out a little bit and as yeah. the movie goes on parker gets stronger mm-hmm. that, that's yeah because the there's those scenes it. where he's in the bathroom and they're like you have to just kill them and he's yeah. like shut up let me alone well that's his mother telling him that's parker that would be Parker's that's parker's mom telling parker. him you have to kill them it's the only way oh. yeah that's that's <laughs> but i i think he kind of is like you know like josh and then parker's like minimal and then it just kind of switches throughout mm-hmm. but um they do get that scene where he's talking to Carl and he's just being really creepy. Oh, he's yeah. Like, Why don't you ask your dice, Carl? Ask your dice what's oh, behind my back. That's a creepy scene. Mother said you're good with them. And he flashes that little smile. Oh, like, man. Oh. He's I, I got to gi- 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 give Patrick Wilson yeah. credit there. Like, like you did a good job being fucking creepy, dude. <sighs> yeah, so good. <laughs> like, well done. The, one of the scenes Cheesy, that but good. freaked <laughs> me out was actually later on where he's chasing Dalton and Renee and Foster, and he's trying to get to them. And Dalton takes the baseball bat and whacks him in the head with it or whatever, right? And then he's like, ah! And then he goes to whack him again, and without even looking, he just reaches out and catches the bat mid-swing in his hand and then just rips it from his hands. And you see that look of terror on Dalton's face, too? It's just like, holy shit. Like... Everything that's another thing in this movie is everything in this movie, whenever there was danger, it always felt like real danger. It didn't feel like, oh, well, oh no, this is the part where they chase him and he gets away. Like when he's trying to kill Carl, he has a knife behind his back, but he throws that mug at him like a fucking baseball pitch first. And then he runs at him and he's just like really trying to fucking get him. Not kind of what we see in other movies where it's like, Oh no, I'm trying to say it's just like it's like he yeah. wants to fucking dead, you know. And then eventually with his own wife, where he throws that coffee pot at her. Yeah. The tea kettle. Yeah, the tea kettle. He's just nails in the back of the dome. <laughs> right. As she's running. <laughs> like he just doesn't fucking stop. And like, did you ever see those commercials from the Montana Meth Project? <laughs> no? 
So there's these PSAs for something called Montana Math Project. It's supposed to like discourage you from doing math. And one of them is this like kid who was like ringing on a doorbell in like the middle of the night. And like, he's like, come on, open the door. Come on. And he's just like knocking. He's like, please let me in. Come on, mom. I know you're in there. Let me in. And then like, you just see his parents like inside and they look scared. And then he just starts getting more asking. He's like, come on, let me in. Let me in. Let me fucking in. And he starts like, Tearing at the door and like all that shit just going like nuts, like an animal, you know. And that's what that kind of reminded me of when he's going at like the fucking door and all that shit, where he's just trying to get to them. It just, you know. And then eventually you have this big battle, you know. You have uh, Elise. She's in the further, Mm -hmm. you know. She uses her like holy light thing to like burn Danzig's face. She's like, he's like, ah, you know, so she does that. And then she, um, was it her? No, it was, uh, was it Josh that ends up fighting the bride in black or was it Elise? Well, no, Josh is. Cause Josh is trying to find. Josh is choking Renee. In, yeah. In, in real, real, life. real world. And. The woman in black or Ren, bride in uh, black. Elise. It's not the bride in black. No, it's the mom. Yeah, yeah. Because in the, the, in the mom, further, the mom uh, is choking Josh. Yes. And then Elise smashes a rocking chair over her and just repeatedly, just in a sense, curb stomps her. But with, <laughs> with a, a fucking rocking yeah, horse. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so fucking... the, for some reason, that, by destroying the mom in the further, destroys Josh, yeah. who is... Possessed by Parker Crane, I don't I understand that, but yeah, well, I think I don't. It doesn't. I don't think it needs to be understood. Yeah, but. it's it's a little bit tough there, and I think what it is is like he, um, it's almost like Parker Crane didn't want to do it because that's where he's yelling, "Get out of my head! I don't want to mm-hmm. kill them." So it's almost like once she is, because remember, she uh, Elise says to him, "If you help me forget her memories, if we help me destroy the memory of her, you'll be free." You know, so it's almost like he's trapped in the further because of her, and that's why he wants to live again. Where if they get rid of his mother, then they're able to kind of move on, and then he doesn't need to <laughs> exactly like, yeah. find a body. Yeah. You know, so you have all of that right there. So, just, do you think that Josh going crazy and trying to kill them was more the mom, Parker Crane's mom, embodying? Well, not him? his mom embodying Josh, but. Basically, his mom pushing Josh or kind of control. I'm sorry, pushing Parker. It's almost or like controlling. Parker yeah, it's almost like that. the the woman in black. It, it is Parker, but it's not. It's hard to explain. It's almost like underneath all that. It's like you know. Okay, here's a good example. You guys just watched what we talked about. Yeah, I talked about Hellraiser one, but in, you know in Hellraiser two, how like they get stripped. Spoiler alert for Hellraiser two. You know how they be, kind of become their old selves. That's kind of what I think it is. Like Parker, like the, the woman in the, the the black bride or whatever, the blind bride in black is like hit the monstrous version of him. But underneath all that, there's a scared kid who was just told by his mom, who's a fucking nutcase that he needed to, he's a girl and this is what he needs in order to be happy and perfect. This is what he has to do. So like, that's him underneath. It's like further inception. Yeah. Oh God. It's so fucking intense. But, but yeah. with the violins. <laughs> that noise, but with the violence. <laughs> um, 
can't yeah, do it without moving my hand like that. There's a fucking lot in these two movies. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, as you could tell by how long we've been talking about it, but yeah. your overall impression of these movies, you know, I mean, what what, what do you think? I love them. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> you love them. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I, I mean, uh, we've, I mean, we've said everything yeah. about it that mm-hmm. we could say, and it's, we've just said nothing but good things, obviously. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I've raved about the first one since I've seen it and yeah. recommended it to people. And as soon as I saw the second one, it made me love the first one all that much more. So, yeah. um, just because they play and, you know, the second one is definitely a lot different and it kind of dives into like some different stuff, yeah. but it doesn't cheapen the first one at all. And it yeah. doesn't, it's not a bad movie in and of itself. Either. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can maybe see the second one without seeing the first one. Yeah. You wouldn't get a lot of I think maybe it's a nice companion stuff, piece to the first one. But if you watch the second one by itself, I don't think you'd be completely lost and it would still be like a decent movie. Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah, I I I fucking love these films uh, so much so that I went to go see the third one when it opened. Um we'll have to talk about that another time. But I, I love these ones, and it was Never. one of those things where it was just like it stood out as something completely different to me, at least at the time that it was released. Since then, we've had a lot of movies that kind of play more with the stuff in the shadows and things you can't see. Um, you like know, I used to, you sprinkle on stuff and things there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, something that I really loved about the second one is how it ended because eventually you see. Uh, Elise in the further and what ends up happening. Oh, we didn't even fucking talk about this real, real quick thing. Um, Josh ends up in the further going back to his young self Mm -hmm. and asking his young self where the, the bride in black lives. And that's when you flash back to the beginning of the movie and you have young uh, Josh stand up turn to older Josh in the further, tell him I'll show you. And then he points at the door and then you see Carl in the further go and open that door and it flashes back to real time. And that's when you see the door opening itself. And I'm just like, Holy fuck. I didn't really get that point though. Is that cause is that where the bride and black lived when they lived in that house? or when he was a kid in that door, they never well, like, it's, really that, it's, it's that door. It's, uh, well, it's kind of like in the first one, they have that door that leads that, to where the, the demon door. is. Oh, door. yeah. That's right. It's just kind of like the portal or something. Yeah. Um, but the way that the second one ends is just, man, like you have that look of terror on oh, Elisa's face. face. Like, what, what does she do? Where was she looking? Above. 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 They don't, they, sh- she just they looked, don't say oh, it. It's like yeah, behind she, her. They, they end up going to the, the yeah. ghost hunters end up going to this other house and they're talking to someone. Elise, or what we presume to it's, be the it's ghost her, It's of her Elise, ghost. It's like her spirit. Goes in to talk to this girl that's catatonic in a wheelchair. And then she just, you see Elise look up. You're looking well, at Elise's first you face. Hear yeah, you hear the wood cracking. The, like the, the demon finger yep. crackles it's exactly. yeah it's the, it's the it's the demon from the first one well we're led to we believe think. but that look on her face was almost like it was worse yeah so uh oh god just wood cracking now <laughs> that's a terrifying sound yeah I, I was reading that um before it just ends with her look of terror cut to i think going 
and that's it. And you don't see it because what you don't see is fucking scarier. The uh, they were originally for the, when they were talking about doing the third one, it was gonna pick up from that point and continue on with that story, but then they decided to do a prequel instead. Yeah, which was the choice. So. <laughs> what? Which was the choice? Yeah, yeah and, and where that fits in this timeline is the second. So the way that this would work chronologically would be, um, the Insidious Chapter Three. No, I'm sorry, Insidious Chapter Two. Hold on, let me. I'm thinking now. Okay, the first Insidious, the little intro before the title card, would be the first thing that you see. Then. The intro to Insidious Chapter 2 with young Josh would be what would come next. Mm-hmm. Then what would happen would be Insidious Chapter 3. Yes. Then what would happen would be the events of Insidious 1 and then Insidious 2. Correct. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an interesting little jumpy timeline, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked it. And so you, Ian, yay, yes. nay, where does this fit in terms of... You know, furthering horror stereotypes or I, kind I th- of. I think I think the first it. one breaks a lot of them. I think the second one is maybe guilty of a couple, but not so much so that it's like obvious or or. I, I'm watching the second one again. It, it's it, it's a lot better. I liked it a lot better the second time around. I I thought when I first saw it, I think it's because I was expecting the first one over again, which I didn't get. But that's great because I don't want to see the first thing over again. Um, personally, I mean, there's, I, I'm kind of really hard on newer horror films. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty tough customer when it comes to horror cause I've seen a lot of them. And so I really am tough when it, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty forgiving in a lot of things, but horror is not one thing I'm forgiving on. So when I see something, that's an original, cool, new idea. Like this movie to me was great. I, so when yeah. I first thought I was like, this is outstanding. You need to make more movies like this. Yeah. Like the mainstream, if you're going to make a mainstream horror movie, this is how to do it. Do something that defies convention. And uh, before, up and before this, be honest with you, before this, the one I saw, the only movie I saw before this that really was, had that same feeling for was, and I don't know if you guys have watched it, but you should. And I know you've talked about this. Uh, and it's a slasher movie, which is weird, but it freaks me out. Uh, the Strangers. Oh, yeah. That movie when I saw, I was like, that's how you do a horror movie. Yeah. And this, I felt the same feeling about. So, but it, cause there's been a lot of horror conventions that are pretty cliche now. And this is a good, good amount of uh, straying away from in both the first and the second one, I think. So yeah, I enjoy the movie. There you have it. Two demon thumbs with claws way up. (laughs) Two demon. What? (laughs) What was that? Two Two demon demon thumbs with claws that are. Oh my God. Oh, that wood crackling. (laughs) That in and of itself is almost like a killer line. I don't know what we should do, but before we go out, we need to talk about the movie that we're going to do next. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the person that like probably loves this film the most isn't here to intro it, so I'm going to try to do it uh, justice here. Um, Evan, maybe tell us, what's the name of the movie? It is The American Werewolf in London. Oh, good movie. Good choice. American Werewolf in London, 1981. Um, choice. It, it's going to be one of those things that it's kind of been on a long list of kind of like something that we've always wanted to do. And I think we finally just have the opportunity to do it. We want to go a little bit more classic here. So director, John Landis, writer, John Landis. Um, We'll kind of talk a little bit more about that, obviously when we see it, but um, it definitely piqued uh, your interest after that maze from universal. Well, I was, I'm, I'm surprised that like I never saw this growing up. I I mean I've always known about it, 
and to, I'll be real honest with you. Um, I mean, not the the movie poster that comes up on IMDb, but the like as a kid seeing it in the movie, like a uh, blockbuster and stuff like that. Yeah. Seeing like the cover of it, just it never looked scary to yeah. me. It's just a dude like like with a backpack on, like looking scared. And I was like, yeah. "What is this movie?" <laughs> and I understand what it yeah, was. It's a weird poster. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just never like cared. And uh, but then just knowing about it over the years, and then yeah. when I went in that maze, it wasn't that I was interested in like the scariness of it yeah I, there was some stuff in the maze that i just didn't understand and i want to know if it's in the movie <laughs> yeah. i don't think so yeah, exactly. take it for somebody who's seen it no oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's not nazi no, werewolves no. shooting machine guns no, no. damn it know. sorry to burst that bubble uh, no, speaking but, of movies who have been nominated for Oscars, that yeah. makeup in this movie at the time, or that movie at the time, is amazing. So I'm excited to hear what you guys yeah. talk about that. We'll 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 see. We'll have to watch it. And, Thank and you guys for having me on. I know it was kind of a last minute ad, but I, pr- I like I like both these movies. I'm glad I got to talk about. It. Glad I got to finally be on yeah. the show for some reason. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking up yeah, arms at the, at the, at the being at the ready. At I the am last at the ready. minute there <laughs> to fill in, and uh, don't worry for all you. Uh, what do we call our listeners again? Something about our like I, I don't know our I forget uh, people who listen to our show. <laughs> you guys don't yeah. don't fear. James will be back. He yes. just wasn't able to be here right now. If you hated me that much. Don't reach yeah. out to me. And if you and if you he's in London being busy be, being busy be, being a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> he's werewolfing around. He's <laughs> he's he's working really really hard on prosthetics to show you guys via an audio podcast how much he cares. He's doing uh, method podcasting where he goes to <laughs> London becomes a werewolf so he can come back and talk about it. exactly. Um, but yeah, in case you did like Ian, you could follow him at the aforementioned. I'll yeah. have you at Irich. That's at I R I T C H. You can also check out some. Of of the uh, other shows we do on the Stuff and Things podcast network, uh, like uh, Stuff and Things with Chewie and I. Uh, we also have uh, Four Color Commentary, which is a comic book podcast, and also uh, another guy from that show, Ryan and I, do sister podcast to this, known as Super Action Bros. Uh, so you can check all those out at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. All right, and as always, we leave you with the killer lines, and I kind of like the one that you threw in, Evan, so we're going to go out on that because it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> Like this. You can always use your safe word. What's oh. your safe word? <laughs> Quesadilla! <laughs> Quesadilla! Tiptoe.